The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, the race to roll out vaccination passports is uh, heating up and the European Union is leading the charge. It is developing a framework that will allow certificates from each individual European country to interoperate, smoothing out safe travel between the 27 nations in the EU. And here's the deal. They want it in place soon, like this summer. Here at home, we're told the federal government is mulling over the potential use of vaccine passports to reopen travel and the economy but officials are saying that they would need reliable scientific evidence before considering its use in Canada. Now Health Canada says the scientific evidence is clear that the approved vaccines are highly effective at preventing illness but that it was still unknown whether vaccinated people could still be asymptomatic and spread the virus. So what exactly might this mean for Canadians, for you? There are plenty of questions. Dr. Kerry Bowman is a professor of bioethics and global health at the University of Toronto. He joins us now. Dr. Bowman, welcome to the show. Yes, happy to be here. All right, so ethical and uh, and logistical challenges lie ahead. We're going to get into that coming up because there's so many questions when it comes to this topic. Um, you know, a lot of experts say it, it could just soon become a reality regardless of those challenges. What's yeah. your initial thought on these passports? Where, you know, when you throw that out right now, where's your head at? Yeah, well, look, they do come with lots of ethical problems. There's no question about that whatsoever. But can we just kind of turn our backs and say we're not going to deal with it at all? I don't think Mm. we can. And, you know, let's start with the international picture. So as you've said clearly in your intro, the European Union wants to move on this fast. Mm -hmm. Science is still not clear. But look, some good data came in today. It looks like Pfizer at least and probably the others. It looks like it really will prevent some asymptomatic transmission so hopefully the science will line up because you know just to remind everybody that you know we need proof that these vaccines not just prevent illness but they keep from spreading the disease because that has to happen but look here's the thing you know I'm keen to get moving I work internationally so I'm, I'm biting at the bit myself but but the thing is this it is you know the Western wealthy nations are going to reach herd immunity we Canada's not exactly at the front of the list on this as we know no. but but they will reach herd immunity long before the rest of the world. And then we're going to have this awful situation where only people from wealthy countries can travel. Um, and there's going to be all kinds of people all over the world that can't. That's really, really problematic. It's also not great in terms of the economy. And as I think everyone knows this pandemic does not end until we deal with this globally. But, but so but having said that, what are our options? You know, if Europe goes ahead, and I, I personally think the Americans will to make a move on this relatively quickly, we can't just sit behind and wait. Um, and we also can't risk having like 15 different systems and travel being complete another chaos. So Canada may, it may force our hands that we're really going to have to do something with this. Um, and that's only the international scene, right? And then the yeah, question yeah. is, what are we going to do within our country itself? So I, you know, the federal, the provincial, the territorial governments, they don't really want to touch this. And I don't blame them. There's lots of problems with it. Don't- but 
Yeah, go ahead. And I was just thinking, Dr. Bowman, you know, I was supposed to go to Africa. I was supposed to go to Mali uh, a couple of years ago. And before I could even think about going to to Africa, I, I had to have a list of, of, of vac- uh, you know, shots uh, before I went there. I think yellow fever, all sorts of different things like that. And I had my little book and, you know, checked it all off. Okay, it was done. Now, I don't know off the top of my head if that was a requirement of the government or if that was a requirement of the group that I was going with. I was going with the military. But um, it seems to me, you know, as, as I, I look it up, there are some, uh, you know, countries that say, okay, you need to have this vaccine to get into it. So are we kind of doing this already in some areas? We are. And by the way, that is, I work in Africa too. So that is a requirement yeah. of the government yeah. of Mali and everywhere else. And, you know, you cannot blame them. They're, they're trying to protect no. their own people. So good for them. That's fine. But, you know, it's always, it tends to be countries in the developing world. Uh, we don't have a situation where you're not allowed going to Europe or the United States. States without this. And, and, you know, what you described is the yellow books, the yellow cards, which some people may be familiar with. You know, that goes back to 1933, before World War II, through the WHO. So it's not as if this hasn't been done before. But, you know, we could see a situation where international travel is, you just really cannot do it. So that's a lot different than the yellow cards, where there's parts of the world where you may not be able to get in. So it's a little different on that one. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, there's folks out there too that don't want to take the vaccine, and they have a right to say that they don't want the vaccine, or those who, you know, maybe have health issues that that that, that can't do it. What do we do about those folks? Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, our government doesn't want a situation where part of the country can and part of the country can't. So I don't think the government will stand behind it. But, you know, my my take on this is by the late spring or summer of 2021, which, you know, is not that far away anymore. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to go out for, you know, dinner on Friday night and a coffee and a drink or something, um, you're going to have to be scanned, maybe, maybe, to get into these places. Um, you know, and that leaves a lot of people out that either, you know, hopefully a lot of us will be vaccinated by then. The other thing is, you know, you're scanning people's movement and, you know, in a, in a democratic society like ours we really really do have a fundamental democratic right to freedom of movement and you know it starts to limit that some people actually can't go to a sports event because they're not allowed in they can't go to this restaurant because they're not allowed in Um, that would be very very problematic also there's data collected with this which people are endlessly telling us is so safe but you know things are hacked all the time we know that story yes Um, and there's likely going to be small amounts of health information that's outside of our healthcare system that's moving around so there's plenty of stuff going on here Uh, dr carrie bowman joining me this afternoon he's a professor of bioethics and global health at the University of Toronto. You, you you touched on something I just want to cycle back to for a second, you know, about the potential of, you know, having to maybe show, we could get to the point of having to show something um, to go into a restaurant or maybe to a big sporting event. I mean, if they're starting to opening up, open up some of these stadiums that are like 70, 80,000 people, I mean, do you think it could, do you, do you really believe it could get to that point that it, it could become, I don't want to say marketing, but it could become a part of being able to go out and enjoy those everyday things that, well, 
not yes, necessarily I, every day, I but do think re- restaurants, yeah. yeah, and movies, that sort of yeah. thing, really. Well, wow. I, I think I think that, and you know, look, if a restaurant's going to open and they're trying to recover from this year from hell, um, yeah. and if they tell us, look, all of our staff are vaccinated and everyone coming in is vaccinated, and assuming that means you're not going to catch, you know, uh, it, it's going to be a marketing plus for them. And, you know, people are trying to recover. So yeah. it, it, things may take over. But, but you know what? what it's going to help us a lot in Canada is we focused a lot on vulnerability. So if we do end up going down this road, we have protected. It, it has not been perfect. And you and I both know that. And everyone listening knows that. But but we, we have attempted with some success to reach vulnerable people. Vaccines are free in this country 100%. So, you know, at least we're doing some leveling of the playing field with that. The other point I'd make is it's not forever. You know, if vaccine rollouts yeah. go fast and smooth, it, this may be a short interval in the late spring and early summer, and we may move past it. Look, the international thing is a much bigger challenge. That's going to be yes. much tougher. But so, but but here's the thing, though. I mean, Canada, if it's kind of sitting back, if it's you know back on its heels a little bit, not really wanting to do this because of all sorts of of the issues that we're talking about. But if we don't get moving on something, uh, we could really be left behind, and we could really screw over Canadians if they do want to be traveling. The other thing yeah. is, we know that provinces take care of all of that data collection when it comes to health things. We need it at a national level, and we don't have that in place. No, no, we don't. We don't. And, you know, you're, you're pointing out something important. There's another side to people's rights. You know, if, if many people, I don't know, 40% of the population, 50% have been vaccinated, and we do have evidence that they're not contagious to other, anyone, uh, and they've just had this year of complete isolation, do we really have the right to limit their movement? You know, um, so that the other side is what are the rights of people that are of no risk to anyone else that have spent the last year following every rule under the Son. Um, one thing I've got my eye on is the U.S. border, because I'm yes. guessing uh, I'm guessing the Americans are going to reach herd immunity long before we do. And, you know, it would not surprise me if they say you Canadians are welcome in our country, but you know what? You need to be vaccinated before you come. Um, I I don't know that, but I think that's likely going to happen. And and to add to the to the challenges, so let's imagine you've got a couple of kids under the age of sixteen. You know, we don't even have the research on that yet. Then what no. do you do, right? So we've oh, got boy. you know, and do we have six months or a year to think this through? We don't. Um, we don't. <laughs> no, we. We've really got to figure this out quite quickly, so we will see. But I, the first thing will be, as you pointed out in the beginning, it, it's going to be the international travel. That's that's the one where we've really got to figure this one out fast. Yeah, and you know what? You know, on my text line this afternoon, uh, Dr. Bowman, I, I, I have a number of people saying, you know, first off, they're totally against any sort of vaccine passport, but others saying, you know what, I don't really mind it for international travel, but would be concerned if it was used, you know, in between province to province in, in the yeah. country. Could that happen? I guess well, anything you know, could we, happen. We, yeah. but... Well, and in Canada, the provinces all do their own thing, especially when it comes yeah. to healthcare. So anything could happen. Yeah, there, there could be stuff like that. But, you know, we don't really have provincial borders. Um, and let's, well, we have provincial borders, but I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, they're not under surveillance or anything. And let's hope they never are. But, um, 
You know, we don't know. That, you know, the, what worries me the most is the timeline. It, there's just not a lot of time to figure this out, and we're going to have no. to do something. But again, the saving grace might be for Canada, not for the rest of the world, that if we really do get all this, these vaccines that our government is telling us about, this will be a short, complicated situation. And, you know, later, by mid or late summer, most of us will have had vaccines and the problem will start to go away. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, when we talk about uh, the EU on this this digital green pass that they're talking about, it, it, they're saying it's going to be stored on a smartphone, uh, display proof that the person has been vaccinated, that sort of thing. I'm guessing that that piece of paper that you're handed that says you've got that one shot um, here, would that cut it or is papers cost too much? We just bung everything up at the, at the borders. Well, I think paper would. And this is the thing I'm thinking. I, you know, I work in healthcare a lot. I know lots of people that have been vaccinated vaccinated and everyone i've spoken to is a little piece of paper like yeah. that's not an app that's not electronic and how does that get converted into one like yes. the system hasn't even started yet so they're not issuing apps when you're vaccinated or if they are i haven't heard about it no, um no, no. you know yeah i don't think they are so you know that that conversion is going to have to happen so i don't know where that's going to be <laughs> So many questions, Dr. Bowman. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff. I want to thank yeah. you for joining me this afternoon. Great conversation. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Happy to do so. Best wishes. Yeah. Take care. Dr. Kerry Bowman, Professor of Bioethics and Global Health at the University of Toronto. Okay, my friends, your thoughts on this one. 780-496-0063. You can text. You can give me a call. I'm going to have time on the other side of, uh, of the commercial break coming up here. But, yeah, so international travel. The EU is planning on having this in in weeks, if not just a couple of months. Uh, Greece, Turkey uh, are planning on having it uh, late spring, early summer. They are dependent on tourism. They want to get people back, but they're saying um, you know, inside the EU this is something that they would have. Not sure how it would, uh, what it would mean for other countries, and of course we're still being told, you know, it's best you know, no non-essential travel and that sort of business, but as more and more people get vaccinated, and more and more, you know, as, as borders maybe start to open what does that mean as you heard dr bowman said okay you know will the americans at the american border will the americans want something like this some proof that you've had it to go to the u.s what does that mean for us i, I did some uh, number crunching today and i and i, I looked up where we were uh, at some of the countries uh, around the world when it comes to uh, vaccination and percentage in the U.S., 18.8% uh, of the population has had uh, the f one shot, 9.9% has been fully vaccinated. In the U.K., 34% has had the first shot, about 1.9% has been fully vaccinated. In Israel, well, they're just kicking everybody's butt, 56% has had a one shot, 44% uh, has been fully vaccinated. So you're at 100% in Israel. Uh, you know, everybody has at least one shot. Here at home, Canada, we're sitting at 3.8% with one shot, 1.6 fully vaccinated. What does this mean? Um, uh, you know, you know, timelines. What you know, they keep saying by the end of September. Uh, I know how a lot of you are feeling about that. 